ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः वेलकम टू वेदिक हेरिटेज वी हु आर कॉल्ड हिंदूज फॉलो सर्टेन ट्रेडिशंस एंड प्रैक्टिसेस व्हिच वी नो आर सेंचुरीज मे बी मिलेनिया ओल्ड मेनी अ टाइम वी डू नॉट नो देयर सिग्निफिकेंस एंड टुडे पीपल क्वेश्चन द नीड टू फॉलो सच आर्काइक ट्रेडिशंस इफ यू थिंक दैट विजिटिंग टेंपल्स डूइंग पूजा एंड सेलिब्रेटिंग फेस्टिवल्स इज ऑल वी डू then this series will help you see the totality of hindu beliefs the aim is to bring some understanding of the beliefs as well as provoke interest to learn more welcome to a basic introduction of sanatana dharma the hindu way of life i will introduce the following topics in a few episodes for the uninitiated the topics are vast but i will give short simple explanations for the beginner In this first episode we will see an introduction to the Hindu way of life and the core beliefs. In the next one I will discuss the key concepts which are as relevant today as they were millennia back. Dharma, karma, gunas. Then there are concepts which may not seem relevant to everyday life but nevertheless are impressive in their content and are an integral part of the Hindu belief. reincarnation other worlds concepts of evolution and so on let us start with the word hindu the word hindu was initially used by visitors from other countries in ancient times as a reference to the people who resided in the indian subcontinent the land of the rivers saptasindhu today although hindus are spread out in many countries the word hindu denotes a person who follows a specific belief system This system is called Sanatana Dharma. The word Hinduism was coined by Europeans based on the concept of religion, but a Hindu is not defined by religion alone. Culture, law, science, philosophy and religion are all bound together in this ancient tradition, which is why it can never be designated only as a religion. Today Sanatana Dharma is the word popularly being used to describe this Hindu system. The word Sanatana Dharma has been used in very ancient texts with slightly varying meanings. In the Atharva Veda, it means eternal law or order, and in the Bhagavad Gita it is used as the right mode of conduct or as the eternal religion. What actually is Sanatana Dharma? Sana means always or eternal, Tana means present is there. Thus, Sanatana means eternal existence. that which exists forever is perpetual and ever relevant that which has no beginning or end the word dharma is derived from the sanskrit root dhra which essentially means to support dharma can be loosely defined as righteous or ethical conduct together sanatana dharma means eternally relevant laws or ethics does it mean that sanatana dharma is a law no it is a way of life today psychologists teach anger management and leadership coaches teach us to live up to our potential similarly the vedic seers studied life and the world around us from the cosmic to the individual's level they understood that the potential for human evolution lay in the mental and spiritual path they devised a logical evolutionary progression for individuals as well as the society they integrated their knowledge into a practical lifestyle its practice is simple yet its philosophy is profound 
Sanatana Dharma is based on two key beliefs, one all-pervasive divinity and the idea of liberation of moksha. Brahadaranika Upanishad says, The infinite one bears all names whatsoever. It wears all forms that there are in the universe, minutest to vastest. It does all acts, makes all movements, everywhere, in all time. Which means that everything we know of, we can and cannot perceive or imagine is only this one infinite existence. It exists everywhere, at all times, past, present and future. There is nothing other than this. It is the one and only one, which sometimes chooses to manifest and at other times remains unmanifest. This supreme and only one we may call God. What is perceived is this one. The ones who perceive are also this one. Every action done is done by this one. And everything happens within this one. There is no other. This is the central theme of Sanatana Dharma, the one all-pervasive divinity who is both the creator and the created. We need an example to understand this concept. Let us consider the human body. It is made up of billions of cells. Every day old cells die and new ones are born. Body is the creator of the cell. Cell is created within the body with materials of the body using information within the body. Each cell has its individual function and lifetime. A white blood cell does not consider itself insignificant. It recognizes danger. It can react to it using its own knowledge and effectively protect its domain. In fact, it will be astonished to know and possibly even not believe that it is but a soldier, an insignificant part of a larger being. Similarly, limited by our faculties, we are unable to see the larger picture and recognize our origin of divinity. Nor are we able to understand that we are part of something much larger and that we are connected to everything in a very fundamental way. According to the one divinity belief, all the universes of all dimensions, time and space in which they exist, all the beings in them, all the forces which operate the system from within it, everything that we can name and describe and imagine with our faculties and those that we cannot describe, all of it has originated from one source only, is enlivened by the same one and exists within it. There is no other. All of creation cannot manifest randomly. Each particle and force of nature is a planned piece of work which logically requires a conscious principle behind it. This one, therefore, can be named universal consciousness. If Hindus believe in one universal consciousness, why do we worship so many gods? Ekamsat Vipra Bhudavadanti Truth is one, but sages call it by many names, say the Vrigveda. Take the example of a woman. She is called by her name or as daughter, sister, friend, wife, mother or grandmother. She is a professional outside home and a teacher, nurse, cook, manager or counsellor at home. She is the one person, but she has been attributed many names and many roles. Similarly, 
no matter how many names and forms are given to hindu gods and goddesses the underlying truth is that there is but one supreme entity call it shiva vishnu bhagavan parashakti brahman or parmatma the truth is that it is not bound by name or form it is infinite eternal and its true nature is not known to us but it is easier to relate to this indescribable one if we can give it a form therefore hindus worship the one in many forms as gods and goddesses let us now understand liberation or moksha our body mind and intellect are fashioned by matter but that which enlivens it is the sentience of the universal consciousness the reflection or amsa of the paramatma in coarse matter is called jivatma just as electricity powers a fan a lamp or a motor the atma enlivens every aspect of creation the power supplied to all is the same but the quality of apparatus determines the result thus while the individual cannot function without the atma the atma does not determine his actions the same atma enlivens the saint and the common man it remains but a witness and just like electricity coursing through a bulb cannot be separated from the grid by the bulb so too our body does not separate us from the paramatma in truth we are eternally connected to the paramatma it is only our inability to sense the nature of the atma which prevents us from knowing this truth the inner voice in the subconscious mind makes us realize when we do something wrong the truth which comes to the subconscious mind is the reflection of the atma the divine within us which helps us know the right path every time sometimes even when we do not know the reason why in those of us who have learned to ignore this inner voice the atma is covered by ignorance but it exists nevertheless this silent witness which enlivens from within is the atma the feeling of happiness when we meet our loved ones or the peace one feels in the tranquil presence of nature are all times when we feel to a small extent the nature of paramatma every night when we sleep the mind too quietens during deep sleep it is then that we nourish ourselves in the immensity of the ananda or the bliss of paramatma thus at least once a day we experience the bliss of paramatma covered in ignorance of our real nature we the jivatma still yearn for that feeling of fullness of bliss when one with the supreme paramatma sanatana dharma explains that this yearning makes us look for happiness in objects and relationships in the outside world these give only temporary happiness as they too are only reflections of the supreme one the only true way of gaining eternal happiness is by knowing our true nature and by connecting once again with the universal paramatma say the vedas bound by our body and mind we cannot achieve this state therefore it is called the bondage of life samsara 
The prime objective of every jivatma is to gain liberation from this bondage of samsara, the cycle of life and death. Sanatana Dharma addresses this yearning of the jivatma and enables a path for its ultimate realization of the truth. This realization or union with one's true nature is called liberation or moksha. The logical question to follow would be if Sanatana Dharma can provide the route to moksha, why haven't all Hindus already found it? Liberation is like the finish line of a Herculean marathon. Firstly, one needs to be willing to participate. This is the first requisite as it is impossible to train someone who is not interested. Then comes the search for a good institute and a coach. Then the actual training for years or maybe lifetimes before one starts the race. The ones who win the race come back as coaches. This is the spiritual path of Hindus. And this is why gurus or teachers of the spiritual path are revered so. What is unique about Sanatana Dharma is that there is no time limit. We believe in multiple lives and the effort one puts in during one's lifetime does not go waste. We can pick up and continue in our successive lives. Therefore, it is never too late to start the pursuit of moksha and the goal of moksha is available and accessible to every single jivatma. While it is the ultimate goal for humans to seek moksha, what if we are not yet ready for that? For the majority of us who are still navigating day-to-day -day issues in life, what does Sanatana Dharma offer us? We will see the way of life prescribed for the common man or woman in the successive episodes. Hope you enjoyed this presentation. Thank you for joining me. Hari Om.